You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, Feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dairy Voice podcast. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film and Connor AgriScience. I'm your guest host today, and I'm really excited for you to learn about today's subject. So Ron and I just got back from World Dairy Expo, home of the National Dairy Cattle Judging Contest, and it is a super contest. I participated myself several years ago. But today we're going to talk about a different contest with Megan Mao, who is the chair of the Western Regional North American Intercollegiate Dairy Challenge, commonly called Dairy Challenge, and member of that national board. So we're going to talk about that Dairy Challenge contest and the important role that it plays in developing young professionals as well as dairy farmers. So welcome to the podcast, Megan. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, Connie. Yeah, uh, great to be here. My name is Megan Mao, and I currently live in Riverdale, California with um my husband of almost 10 years and our four little ones. I work for Elanco Animal Health in a territory sales role. And I mostly sell to um, nutritionists, veterinarians, and dairy producers. How did you get involved in Dairy Challenge? So in 2008, I transferred to Fresno State from Modesto Junior College um, in a pursuit of a bachelor's degree and Dairy Challenge was a course that you could take there. And from that, I participated in two regional contests and one national contest as a Fresno State student before I graduated there in 2010. Tell me about what Dairy Challenge is and give me a little bit of the history, what the program is striving to, to do for our students. So Dairy Challenge is a, the best way to explain it is it's a collegiate competition um, where the country is divided into four different regions, a northeastern region, a southeastern region, a midwestern region, and a western region. Um, So different universities from those specific regions compete in a regional contest. And then once a year, we do a national contest where we bring in um, students from various universities and they compete as a university in the national contest. Alongside the national contest is an academy, which is kind of a learning experience for students who maybe didn't meet the national team criteria for their university, but still want to participate. The contest started roughly 20 years ago, and it was really um, a collaborative effort from some academia and industry people who thought a case study type program was what the industry needed to 
prepare students for for the dairy industry once they graduated university. So um, we're just now celebrating our 20th anniversary of Dairy Challenge, which is really exciting this this right. spring. Mm -hmm. right. right. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 40 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer building systems to last generations along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a CalBio digester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. Who gets involved? There's students, obviously, and who else? So students are kind of the, the main participating people. Um, and when they compete regionally, they compete aggregated teams. So you get mixed with other schools in your region. And then nationally, you compete as your school. But other people who get involved are industry people such as myself who work for companies that sell products to dairy producers or processors or those types of people, professional ac academic people like veterinarians or um, extension agents or really and truly anybody who um, has some sort of affiliation with the dairy industry is involved and, and can be involved. So you're the chair of the Western Regional Contest. Tell me about the people who are on your committee as far as their jobs. Are they uh, helping you with planning? What all has to go into planning all this? Yeah, so typically our Western Regional Contest is held in February, the end of February every year. Um, two of the regional contests are held in the fall and two are held in the early spring time just to kind of help spread um, out the contest a little bit throughout the academic year for the students. And so currently we're in the process of planning our Western region, which is um, slated for February, the end of February. And what that looks like is we get a committee together of anybody that wants to be involved. So I just actually a little bit ago got off my um, planning committee call and we have bankers, we have a couple of people from the major like dairy computing program companies that help. We have some producers that join in. We have feed, feed mill reps and um, pharmaceutical reps. And so it's just a whole gamut of people who come together and really just for a common goal. We're all pretty passionate about this program. We think that it benefits our industry well, as well as these students that are going to be entering the industry. And um, we all just give of our time and volunteer to, to get it together. Typically, we start planning our contest in September. Um, our first meeting is usually in the fall. And then we meet monthly um, all through basically September to February. And we kind of divide up subcommittees and people take over responsibilities for planning the food or finding the venue or helping the herd get all their information in for the contest, organizing volunteers and mentors. So it's, it's a team effort for sure. And um, when you're the chair, you really aren't in charge. You're just making sure that 
no, all the I's get dotted and the T's get crossed. So right. it's just a very fun collaborative effort from everybody. Okay. So you had talked about planning and, and all the things that's go into that. The dairy challenge, walk me through the contest. Um, what happens and in what order? So it's a pretty rigorous contest. When I competed regionally twice and nationally once, I mean, it's, um, it's pretty rigorous. So typically how our regional is set up is Students come in on a Thursday afternoon, anywhere from two to four o'clock. Um, we try and orchestrate some sort of educational seminar where maybe someone from the industry, like a banker or one of the computer software companies can kind of help the students learn a skill or something that they don't know or maybe haven't gotten enough in the classroom of. And then we move into dinner. We give them dinner. And then after dinner, they get a computer with the herd data on it. So they can then sit in their team um, and look through the herd data via whatever computer software they choose to use. So it could be like, you know, PC Dart, Dairy Comp, DHI, that type of thing. Um, we also typically will do a team building activity kind of on the front end of the contest because one of my favorite things about Dairy Challenge is regionally is that um, you get thrown into a team that you don't typically know the other right. people you're with. Right. So it's really um, representative of, you know, my role, right? Because as a salesperson, I could walk onto a dairy today and meet with the veterinarian and the nutritionist and the dairy producer. And we all have a common goal to try and solve a problem the dairy producer's facing, but we've never met each other. We don't know each other's working strengths and weaknesses. And so that is really, truly what is so great about the regional contest is that that's what happens. These kids get put together um, and have to work together, right? And communicate. And yeah, so that's really a fun thing. So we try and do a team building thing too, to lighten it up, let them get to know each other before they dive into the contest data on Thursday night. So, then, okay. okay. So the, the, the contest data. So let's back up and tell me about when a, a farm volunteers to be the subject of the contest, what kind of information are you getting from them to help the students evaluate what's going on so they can make suggestions? So that's a pretty extensive process in itself too, because there's a couple stipulations that the, the dairy has to have. Um, we in the West are pretty stickler on that they have to test um, with a testing center just because it helps us get some data for the students. It's very valuable. Um, and we don't really dictate like a size of the herd or a, a breed of cattle or anything like that. It's just, you know, there's a few things that boxes have to be checked for for the ease of that. Um, and so when that herd has been identified, then uh, the committee gives someone on the committee to be the herd data person. And they have a huge questionnaire. I'm not even sure how many pages that questionnaire is. It's is, a lot. But it's a <laughs> lot. And there's tons of financial information they have to give and herd data and history of the herd. And, you know, I mean, it's extensive. So the producer is working through that months in advance. Um, that's why we have to identify the herd pretty like right now is how we're, we're trying to identify our herd. And then they work for the next, you know, four, six months on trying to get all that information into us. So 
the students have a lot at their fingertips right. before they even step foot onto the farm. They have a lot that they can analyze for sure. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So they've gotten that computer. They, they've gotten uh, the information and what are they doing with that information? I would say most of them are just looking for any sorts of trends or um, red flags, anything like that, that the next day on Friday morning, when they physically get to walk out on the dairy farm, they want to go to that area and analyze more, right? Because um, you and I both know on a dairy farm, there's so many moving parts and so many things that they want to try and identify those key big things that then, because they only have roughly three and a half to four hours Friday morning to walk around the dairy and, and really observe things and analyze things and physically touch and see them. And so I feel like they spend a lot of Thursday night kind of strategizing, right? You know, man, the feed area, something doesn't look right here. Let's go check that out tomorrow or sure. repro. Maybe we should try and get a hold of the breeder if he's there to ask what's going on. Right. And so, that's kind of the goal of Thursday night is to prepare you for going on to farm Friday morning to like be able to tangibly see and touch and look at things mm-hmm. in real life. Okay. And then what comes next is there's a question and answer. Is that correct? Yeah. So they've been on the farm Friday morning. Usually it's a fairly early morning. So they leave the hotel that they're staying in or whatever at about seven, seven thirty, Right. Um, and they get to the farm, they get to meet the dairy producer. He gives them a little brief overview and then they have the next three and a half, say four hours to walk around the dairy and look at all the things. Um, and then from that point, they kind of come back together. We, we usually do a fun picture just, commemorate the experience and all of that. And then we bring them back to some sort of facility, you know, whether it be a junior college's multi-purpose room, or we've hosted them at hotels and conference centers, things like that. And they bring in the dairy producer and his um, management team. So whoever on the management team wants to partake, whether it be the nutritionist, the veterinarian, uh, managers, right? Calf managers or herdsmen, that sort, that sort of thing. And they get um, a round table. Every team gets to ask the producer questions that they have for, I think it's roughly like 20 or 30 minutes um, that, you know, and you ask in front of everyone else. So that's kind of another strategy part of it, right? Is you don't sure. want to give away all your things, but you want to get these questions answered. So regionally, the contest is not super competitive. I mean, it is for sure competitive, but when you get to the national level and you're competing as your university, that's where it gets real competitive. Right. right. But I mean, I would say there's definitely strategy in the, in the regional contest to not, you know, disclose all the things you're thinking and Have you run out of silage, had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy. Pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, safer silage with Seal Pro. Learn more at SealProSilage.com. So, okay, so they, they get their questions answered, and then what happens? They come back together. 
So usually they, we kind of will feed them another meal, get them kind of situated in. And then as a team, they have kind of the afternoon, the next four hours to put a presentation together. That presentation needs to be roughly 30 minutes in length, and they will give it on Saturday morning to a panel of judges. That's all the recommendations they have for changes that could be made to make the dairy operate better. Yeah. So, so typically it's, you know, areas of opportunity is I think the, the terminology that they like to use. Right. And it's areas that could be improved upon um, within the dairy. You know, when I competed 10 plus years ago, the financial thing was just kind of on the brink. And now, I mean, you look at these kids and if they're suggesting that repro is poor because, how cooling is not good in the dead of the valley summer, right? Well, then they have to put a full worksheet of what is that going to cost to put in fans? What's your return on investment? Mm-hmm. What kind of fans are you getting? I mean, it's gotten um, pretty intense in the last, you know, 10, 12 years in terms of what these kids can, and they come prepared for it. I mean, which is great. So it's really pushing these kids to to think outside the box and and think in ways that probably the industry really needs. So after they're done with that on Friday night, they usually turn it in by five o'clock. So if you think about it, they've been really intensely working from about seven, seven thirty. They've probably been up way before that um, to about five o'clock at night between touring the dairy and, you know, asking their questions, working as a team, all of that. And so um, it kind of all comes together on Friday night. They turn their, their um, presentation and, there's no changes that can be made between Friday night and Saturday morning. And so usually Friday night, we try and do a fun kind of, I call it like a decompress event, right? Where we right. take them off site. We ask our sponsors that have sponsored the contest to come and network with these kids, let them network with each other. You know, one of my favorite dairy challenge things I can think about was um, I previously worked for Novus International and I was part of their cow comfort cows program. And I was on a dairy herd in Washington and I'm interviewing this producer, all these questions I ask, And I'm like, I keep looking and I'm like, man, this guy looks so familiar, but I couldn't place it. And then finally he said to me, did you do dairy challenge? And I said, uh-huh. yeah, I did. Did you? And he goes, yeah, I did. And we re- we realized that we had regionally competed with each other, you sure. know, something before and stuff. And so that's just um, part of that too, right? You get to network with kids that are at the same kind of life season as you and looking for jobs and the next step in your career and things. And so it's just a really fun Friday night event that they get to just kind of have a good dinner, socialize. Usually we have sponsors come and we play like, you know, games and things like that too, to kind of get them to interact with each other and mingle. And I remember some casino nights in the past and that kind of thing. Yes, casino nights or um, the last couple of years, Carrie Crookham from Western Milling has done a fantastic job of just these really fun games. And she's gotten people to like donate gift cards. And, you know, the kids are just excited to walk walk away with a vendor hat or backpack or, you know, whatever. Okay, so then the fun's over and you kind of barely sleep. And then Mm -hmm. Saturday morning hits. Yes, Saturday morning is like the the whole for the whole pot of beans, right? So, um. We start at typically 7, 7.30 is when they start. They get an hour. They get the first team that, you know, say you're going to start your first presentation at 8. Well, they can go into their prep room at 7 a.m. And they have an hour to prep their presentation and practice, rehearse, whatever. 
And then they move into their presentation room. There's a moderator, there's a timekeeper, and then there's like the panel of judges that are super intimidating, right? And we (laughs) (laughs) we ask that they dress professionally. So a lot of kids come in suits and, you know, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, and then you're on. So you start your timer and you have your presentation for 30 minutes. And it might be a little less than 30 minutes. I think, you know, in and out total is like 30 minutes. And so then you wrap up your presentation and then the judges can ask you questions. Mm. Um, And so that's kind of scary too, because you're put on the spot a little bit, right? Right. And the judges are, where do their background? So they're typically industry people. You know, we always try and have a banker, a finance person of some sort. So we our sponsors, um, farm credits and things like that. We'll put up people for that. Um, we usually have a dairy producer, not the dairy producer that the farm is on, but another one. Um, typically some sort of herd health person, either like a veterinarian or repro specialist. Usually we kind of do two in that space. So there's usually a veterinarian of some sort and then like a repro specialist. So they're a pretty diverse group themselves. And in terms of the judges, they've more or less went through the same thing that the students have. So they have been on the farm. They have been in a room together, working together. Um, And the other judging category I forgot was a nutritionist. So usually it's a a herd health, like a veterinarian or repro specialist, a nutritionist, a financial person, and a dairy producer. Uh So I feel like that could be a start to a a joke, right? (laughs) They walk into a room and... And, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they ask them some questions and then what happens? So then they send them out and they kind of rebuttal each other. And I think talk about it, score them. And then usually they'll bring them back in and provide them some sort of, some sort of feedback, right? Um, It's not usually very lengthy, but um, they do provide them like, Hey, I like this about your presentation or, Hey, you know, maybe if you're putting those numbers up, you should have looked at it this way. Right. Or, you know, and so they give the, the students some feedback and then, and then the students can take a big deep breath because they're kind of finished. So then typically we'll do a, what we call like a career fair where the sponsorship, the sponsors can come and they can put up a booth. Um, and students again, just get another opportunity to network with them or check out their booth and what they have to offer internships or job opportunities, things like that, um, until everyone has completed their presentations. And then the judging panels will usually meet for a minute and kind of talk about, you know, what they all want to present. And then they usually identify one of the judges to get up and they've turned in a presentation as well um, Uh, to, to like us, the committee. And over, usually we'll do lunch and kind of a ceremony, an award ceremony. And they, they get up and they say, well, this is what we found. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they have evaluated all the teams and there's, um, I think there is, you know, a first place and a second place. I'm not sure if they do a third place, but we typically in the Western region only compete on one dairy farm. Right. Some regions have so many students, they have to compete on like two. Um, so then they would deem like a first second for one herd and a first second for another herd. Um, well, I think the is, national is like that too. They have several yeah. herds, so they have to have yes. a first and second or a third or whatever mm-hmm. on each herd. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the, the whole contest. I mean, it takes a lot of 
planning and orchestrating and, um, you know, but when it's all said and done, it's just a really, a really great experience. Sounds like it would be, uh, it's really beneficial to the students and to the judges and the sponsors and everybody gets to see each other and kind of network together too and, and do a lot of learning. Um, yeah. With learning, how do these, um, you had said something about that some of these schools are prepared. So how do schools prepare for this contest? So that's actually really um, interesting. So I, from what I know, different universities can prepare different ways. Um, some, there's no, we don't, we don't put out any sort of guideline on how these, you know, students have to be prepared. When I was in college, it was a class. So it was kind of a nice GPA booster, if, for lack of a better term, because sure. you could, you could participate, you know, it was just a really fun, you, you know, you usually did it with your dairy science colleagues, students, other students in dairy science, right? And so it was kind of one of those things that you were just another class to be with friends. Um, I do think some universities maybe operate it as a club type structure. Oh, really? I think majority of them operate it as a class. Mm -hmm. So it would be a class that you would register for um, during your fall or spring semester, quarter, whatever, you would get credit for it. Right. Basically. And so, you know, when I was at Fresno State, um, we we would work out on different dairies. So luckily for us, our professor was a nutritionist at the time. And so he had clients too. And so we would get to go out to his clients with their permission. And we would kind of weekly almost or every other week, I can't quite remember, we would have our own mock dairy challenges. So we would go out and he'd put us in teams. We would do it and then we'd like, you know, have to create a presentation on our own time, not class time. Right. And then we would we would present to our class kind of thing. And so I think, yeah, different universities handle it differently. But I think for the most part, it's it's a course that they take that then they get credit for. Right. And also, I think the academy probably figures into that, too, that if because most of the people on a team are juniors and seniors. Yes. Yeah, so that's ideal. Um, I, that actually was a new learning for me just recently. Um, my role on the boards, you know, a, a coach had emailed in and asked for our perspective on that. And, you know, I think so much of the time nowadays, students are, students are graduating in three years. They're really wanting to wow. get out of, out of school sooner and get in the workforce, I guess. Um, and so, you know, he had said that it was, you know, kind of a, like a freshman type student, but they were looking to get done in three years. So he didn't want to miss out on a year of competing kind of thing. And so, you know, we said, unfortunately, that's just not, there would, there would be a lot that they would still need to learn. Right. Um, Cause some of the stuff is stuff you learn in your basic diet, dairy science courses and things. And so um, yeah, typically it's juniors and seniors, but again, there's not really any strict rules on that. I mean, I think, you know, colleges kind of outline that for sure to be like a rite of passage into upperclassmanship mm -hmm. and things, but I don't think that dairy challenge for sure holds them accountable. So here's a question. How does, how do these students and the, the coaches pay for their trip? You know, unfortunately with all the inflation we've seen, and we're looking at planning all of our contests this coming year, um, you know, the cost of these of these contests have gone up just like everything. And so a um, couple different ways. So, you know, universities can fundraise their own dairy clubs and things like that can help support um, the different regions do provide some travel stipends for some of the universities. So for example, in the West, we 
almost always host our contest in California. The only exception to that is if the national contest is in California, then we try and move the regional contest out of the state. So typically it would go to, you know, Idaho. We've done it in Utah one year. Um, Yeah, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you look at schools like Washington State or University of Idaho or any of the universities in Texas, they're traveling into California, right? And so um, we try and fundraise money that offsets their cost somewhat. Currently, there's not a huge cost associated with participating. And that has been a a pretty big discussion amongst the board um, in the last couple of years that I've been involved is, you know, students are paying basically nothing to participate, which is great that we've had all that industry support. But you know, we want kids to have a little bit of skin in the game too, right? And sure. and be willing to come to the contest, ready to participate and not always, you know, ready to just socialize or whatever. And so I feel like that's been something that has gotten brought up more and more about how do we get this buy-in from the students too, that they're taking this serious and um, really wanting to get the most out of the program. So I think there's a minimal fee of 25 or $50 a student. Um, we do offer up like a t-shirt at every contest. So if they want something like that, they pay for it themselves. But majority of the funding comes from the industry, comes from our sponsors who are so gracious to give us money to support Dairy Challenge, which is phenomenal. Right. Sponsorship is a big deal. A big deal. And it's, you know, as we've seen in the last handful of years, these, you know, our industry keeps consolidating, right? Whether that's on the producer level or the company level. Um, and so that has been, you know, an area for Dairy Challenge specifically that when we used to maybe go get, you know, 10 sponsorships, well, now five of those companies have consolidated together. And and so we're, we're looking at diversifying our um, clientele, for lack of a better term, in, in the fact that, you know, the dairy industry is just not comprised of dairy science students, right? I mean, when right. you look at engineering students and ag communication students and um, ag business students, those are all people who can very much benefit from Dairy Challenge. And so just trying to broaden our horizons a little bit and diversify um, in that space and trying to to get these kids that bring a whole nother level of um, expertise and knowledge to dairy, dairy science too, right? I mean, we all can learn something from each other. And so trying to get our are the universities that participate trying to get exposure to dairy challenge. And I'm hoping that's something this podcast can do too a little bit is just help us get exposed to other majors and other kids who will very much benefit the dairy industry by their, their knowledge and their expertise that they're studying, right. Whether it be ag communications or business or engineering. Yeah. And alumni are important too. And I know from my past experience with Dairy Challenge, it's really hard to uh, keep track of and and know where your alumni are. So it's important for them to come back and help and work into being a sponsor to keep this contest going. Yeah. So that's one area I'm I'm super passionate about. Um, we at Fresno State always kind of scrimmage my couple of years. I competed with Cal Poly because we were so close to each other and um some of my my closest friends, people I do life with today, um, raise kids alongside and all of that were were kids I met in Dairy Challenge, right? And um, that to me is just really, really cool. Um, I really think that's something that I cherish the most about Dairy Challenge. And so when I think about what alumni can do and I think about what it did for us 
individually, right? I think, you know, it's just a really great program to support in any way that you can. I mean, whether you can donate, you know, a few dollars here or there, um, or you can volunteer your time on the contest, be a mentor, be a judge, um, you know, those types of things. It's just a really good program. I had a really good friend from college one time. I, I started a handful of years ago, just reaching out to these guys that I and gals that I went to college with that are now back on their own dairy farms and saying, Hey, do you mind, do you mind donating to dairy challenge? And I think over the years, you know, now I have a database that I kind of go to every year and they always are so gracious to donate. And I'm just so thankful. And, um, my one friend, the one year came with a pretty large check and I was just like, Oh man, I was blown away. I said, that's just so amazing. And thank you so much for doing this, you know? And he said, well, if I really think about it, Dairy Challenge gave me a lot more than this month, like the value of this money. So I'm just, you know, thankful. Right. And so I think if we all can sit back and reflect a little bit on what Dairy Challenge is, what it did for each of us collectively, individually, all the things, I mean, giving a few dollars here and there is, is going to be well worth it. So that's kind of goal with alumni is just, to get them back involved, right? Um, we have a, a Dairy Challenge alumni Facebook page. We have an Instagram separate from Dairy Challenge in general. I am trying to get a golf tournament out here in California started as a way to just reconnect, right? I mean, we were isolated for a couple years with COVID and things, and it's just nice to be able to to be in community again with people in an industry that we all love and care for, right, and want to be successful. And so that's kind of the end goal of this alumni group is just trying to get people better connected and, and create community, right. That we're all in this together and we're going to make a successful industry out here for sure. Now that golf tournament is November 11th at the Tulare golf course, correct? It is. Yes. November 11th at the Tulare golf course. Um, I can send you the the link to our registration website. If anyone's interested, Um, it's just going to be a really fun thing. You know, California fall weather, once we get the fall, right. It's been a bit warm here. (laughs) Once the fall comes, it's such a good time of year. Um, It's such a fun time of year. It's crisp air and good time for golfing and um, really just wanting it to fundraise some extra money for for Dairy Challenge and and a good cause, right? And it's just a fun time to to be together and socialize and have a good round of golf. Yeah. So pretty excited about that. Um, And again, that's November 11th at the Tulare Golf Course. Right. We'll put the, we'll put the link to the the, uh, golf tournament in the, in the notes of this show. And then also, we'll also put the link to North American Intercollegiate Dairy Challenge uh, into the uh, subject notes too. Um, so if people want to find out more about that, our website just went over, went through a big overhaul, I think a year and a half or so ago. Um, and it is just really great. It has so much information, um, for sponsors that are willing, you know, to sponsor there's job, you can post jobs on there. Um, and one thing that we started kind of after COVID, um, actually during COVID because, crazy as it seems, we hosted a regional and some regionals and some national contests virtually, which was quite the feat in itself. And that could take a whole nother podcast. I I remember that. But (laughs) one thing that came out of that, that we find very beneficial is um, students submitted their resumes electronically through when they registered for the the virtual event. Mm -hmm. And then we share those with sponsors um, for potential internships, job opportunities, and the sponsors have loved that. Um, And so that's been something in addition to all the other networking ways, but 
another way that if you sponsored the event, then you would get access to some of those resumes and things. So that's another kind of um, cool part about being a sponsor is just access right. to to resumes, not only in your specific region, right, but kind of across the board. So yeah, I I know several um, Dairy Challenge participants who have gotten jobs because of their participation in the program. So that's great. yeah, and I would say you know. Um, some companies really use Dairy Challenge as a recruiting tool. Instead of having, you know, a big, broad internship program that the company is responsible for financing and all of that thing, those things, right? Like they use Dairy Challenge as that tool. And I think that's a really good opportunity for, you know, companies to just see these kids that are in Dairy Challenge are typically, you know, go-getters. They, you know, great at public speaking, um, good at analyzing different things. And so they really are the cream of the crop in terms of, you know, dairy students and things like that. And they're, and so it's good for companies to have exposure to them. Right. And, sure. and hopefully hire them. And, and I know there's been numerous times where kids have gotten jobs from dairy challenge. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Well, great. Thank you, Megan. Is there anything else you wanted to add about dairy challenge before we close? I don't think so. I just really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about this. And um, I can also provide my contact information. If anyone has any questions regarding um, Dairy Challenge in the West, I also sit on the, the national board for another couple of years. So if anyone had any questions nationally that they needed answered, I would just can share my contact information and they can get a hold of me. Why don't you give us your email address? Just spell that out for us. Yeah. My email is my name, Megan, M-E-G-A-N period Mao, M-O-U-W at Elanco. E-L-A-N-C-O-A-H.com. Thank you very much for coming and speaking today about Dairy Challenge. This has been really fun. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film and Connor AgriScience. I've had the opportunity to talk to Megan Mao, who is the chair of the Western Regional Dairy Challenge Contest and a member of our national board. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you learned something and I hope that you'll support Dairy Challenge.